Hey everyone, today we are going to have a chat with Anshul Gupta. He is currently working for National Australia Bank and he resides in Melbourne, Australia. It will be all about study abroad, his experience in Australia and a lot of finance talk, all underlying his journey from graduating as an engineer to working in finance for an Australian bank. I know it already sounds so interesting. His journey has been so unconventional yet very relatable. So without any further ado, let's welcome him and get to know all about it. Ah uh, so hello Anshul sir, we are super stoked to have you on our show and you are our first overseas guest. So let us know how are you? How is everything in Australia and how is it going? Um okay, so first of all, thanks guys. Thanks for having me. Um yeah, I'm pretty good. Uh things are pretty okay at the moment uh things are looking up uh it says that we have just come out of a lockdown so uh feeling pretty pretty relaxed and chill at the moment had a good weekend outing this week so yeah great. things are things are good great great so let us know about your journey like how did you go from studying engineering in india to working in australia i mean you can start with giving us your background about what were you what were your qualifications basically and where are you currently working Yeah so it's been it's been a mix of different experiences so obviously um I did my engineering back in India so I did my electronics engineering in uh JSS academic technical education which is in Noida so it was pretty close to my home place where I was living so so it was a good experience I had I had fun uh, made a lot of friends over there but I did not obviously want to continue my engineering because I did not enjoy it did not see a future in that field so at that point of time in my third and fourth year I decided that I wanted to do something else with myself mm-hmm. so that's when I sort of uh did some courses online to sort of realize what is it that interests me the most so i did a few courses um uh, through coursera khan academy and and all those websites so i did a few courses in marketing a few courses in finance supply chain management and that's when i realized that finance is something that i i like and i can sort of pursue a pursue a career out of it and that's how i decided that okay i have to try and get into uh a finance course um so do, doing that i actually applied in australia now the reason for me to apply in australia was because i had family back in australia at that point of time i still do um so melbourne seemed like a good city to sort of uh, apply and they have world class uh, colleges and universities over here so that's what prompted me to sort of apply and get a get an admission to do an mba in finance which I was really happy about so that's what i got into and and yeah things have been good since great so where are you working right now so i'm actually yeah so i'm actually working at the national australia bank which is one of the big four banks in australia uh great. so i've been working here for around two and a half years so i'm working in business lending so what we do is we provide support to small and business uh small and medium sized business corporations in australia obviously we deal with the uh, small and medium sized businesses who are the backbone of the economy so we help them uh, in their expansion and obviously provide equipments to sort of bolster bolster their business with us and obviously once their businesses sort of uh, flourishes that's how the bank sort of makes its money as well because we provide them products and features and obviously mm. make a make a big fat commission out of it that's that's <laughs> yeah. what it's really yeah. 
So let's come back to the MBA. Was it easy to do MBA without work experience or was it hard? How was your experience? Uh, so, so for me, I actually did not have any hesitation to do an MBA without work experience. I actually, as I, as I said, I talked to my family in Australia. So I've got uh, two of my uncles over here. So I talked to them and they made me realize that Indian work experience anywhere is not going to count for that much in Australia. Uh, and that's true. Once I came over here and sort of realized and did my MBA, I sort of realized that it's it's good that the earlier I could sort of come to Australia and start working and living the Australian life, uh, it was much <laughs> better than to do, sort of uh, do, do uh, gain some work experience and then sort of come back to Australia or come to Australia and then starting my life from there. So it was a no-brainer for me. I actually really enjoyed coming to Australia without work experience uh, and the university, some of the university do support because um, it's, it's, it's normally said that to, to do an MBA, you should be uh, having three to five years of work experience. But obviously I did not want to do that. Uh, so I just wanted to get rid of my studies all at once and then to work for the rest of my life. So uh, yeah, so okay, I completed uh... my MBA. After doing your MBA, uh, you mm. got placed, like, wh- how does the placement work there? Like, you have to go to the uh, companies with your CVs and all, or is this uh, more campus-based? Uh, yeah, so the placement procedure is a bit different to what we have back home. Uh, you do not normally get companies who sort of place uh, you from within the campus. Uh, the companies will come to your um, to your universities and would offer you the courses that you can do or the jobs that you can sort of do with them. They'll give you they'll give you a, a brief about what they do and what sort of roles that are coming up and how you should apply and what to expect out of the roles. But they won't sort of conduct interviews then and there itself. So they'll give you brochures and and pamphlets and various things um, and resources and even give you books to sort of study and prepare for the interviews but then it's up to you to sort of apply uh, on their websites or different platforms and then get prepared for the interviews and and then go from there so it's 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 different it's not the same uh, back home but it's really exciting because once you sort of get a hang of it there are multiple opportunities once you sort of graduate to sort of uh, pursue a career in your desired field Great. That, that's great. So you did two year, like uh, MBA is two year in Australia, right? Yeah. So I did a two year course. Uh, it's not always the case that it's always going to be two years. It depends on what sort of course you, you take. Uh, I've seen people doing their MBA within one year as well. And I've seen people sort of deferring it to even four years. So it depends on, on how committed to you are because some people sort of uh, work full-time as well as do their MBA whereas Mm -hmm. other people just sort of do their studies and sort of finish a bit more quickly okay okay amazing okay so how did you uh, do your application like how much time did it take what all pointers you want to share about framing the right statement of purpose wait Australia needs a statement of purpose or not (laughs) yeah they do Oh my God, you're asking me something that I did around seven or eight years ago now. Okay. Uh, I'll try and remember all I can. Just the basic points is, you know, you might. No, no, no. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I mean, I still remember that I 
applied through IDP education. So that's they've got a they've got an office in Nehru Place, I think, in New Delhi. So okay. that's where I went and uh, sort of talked to them for the first time and said, okay, this is. I actually had Australia in mind because there was, if you if you don't have any sort of desired destination, then they'll give you all the options around the world, and then that could take uh, even months to sort of decide where you want to go and what what university you want to go into and what course you want to do so i was clear in my mind that australia was a place that i wanted to go to so i had uh, and i had uh, just one city to go to as well i just wanted to come to melbourne i'll tell you the reasons after but uh, you were like pretty clear dude we were very confused okay okay great <laughs> go ahead go ahead yeah yeah so in terms of the country the location i was pretty clear that i okay i wanted to go to melbourne uh mm-hmm. in terms of the selection of university um i talked to them they gave me they gave me suggestions on on what sort of courses i could do within finance uh once that once i had given them my suggestions that i wanted to do a masters in finance or an mba in finance they gave me certain universities that i could apply to uh mm-hmm. and then once the university process started that's when my statement of purpose came into came into force as well so i had to prepare my statement of purpose obviously by that time i had completed a lot of courses a lot of online courses so i had to sort of justify why i was leaving my engineering sort mm-hmm. of degree behind me and why i wanted to do a course in finance so that is something that i was prepared for and they had a they had a uh, a telephonic interview with me for around half an hour the university professionals or, or the professors uh, oh. with me at that point of time um so i still remember it lasted around 30 35 minutes but it was oh. really good because they, they don't ask you anything like specific to the field of finance they just ask you like the basics uh in terms of why you want to do the course wh- why do you think um uh, you are going to be a good fit within this course and stuff so that's 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 the process that i went through uh but i don't know like that this was like 7 years ago so things might change might have changed from there <clears throat> but i'm i can only tell you what i've been through so yeah okay so that that's nice thanks thanks for it so now Rachin- again coming back to your college how was your college experience in australia how was it different from the college in india and uh, was it too tough like uh, courses the subjects and everything how was the college okay so so once i came to to melbourne i started living with my family i joined deakin university so that's a uh, uh university campus in melbourne itself they have three campuses within australia so that's where i started my course of uh, pursuing my mba in finance uh there are five very good universities in melbourne two of them do not offer uh mba without experience three of them do so deakin university was one of the universities that was pretty near to my uncle's place uh, that's where i was living at the start uh and so that's why i decided to sort of go into deakin university uh it was a good experience overall the everything was good uh, over there i made a lot of friends um had a lot of uh, interactions with different sort of people from all over the world which was really good uh there was not so much of a cultural shock that people might say they normally get because i i knew what i was going to get uh because i had so much interaction with people uh from australia that i know from previously 
um so mm-hmm. it was it was a good overall experience um and the and the work um that you do uh, when you're studying it's it's more practical like you you got to do a lot of uh, projects you got to uh, work with people on multiple projects and um go to seminars and sort of conduct um your own case studies whereas in india it's mostly to do with your your studies that you do um Yeah, it's basically very theory based. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's very theory based in India. By the book, yes, like more practical. Exactly. So, when did you graduate? In twenty sixteen. In twenty sixteen. Okay, great. Yeah. So, uh, like, do you want to comment on Australia's weather or anything that uh, anything else that you specifically liked or disliked about Australia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I can. i can talk a lot about the weather uh overall as a country australia is pretty hot um it's got everything that you can ask for in a country so it's got most of it is deserted in the middle there are okay. five major cities australia and sydney are the biggest of them then brisbane adelaide and perth uh there's not much not men much population in the other three cities australia is has a population of 20 25 million people with almost mm-hmm. half of them living in sydney and melbourne oh. the weather conditions uh melbourne weather conditions um is really really unpredictable because it's okay so just for a fact australia the entire population lives very close to the to the to the oh. sea Yeah. to the ocean yeah mm-hmm. um so weather can change within a matter of minutes especially in melbourne which is really really mm-hmm. cold and it can get really really windy as well so even mm-hmm. if it's not so cold in terms of the weather because of the wind it might it might hit you in the face like it, it's it's very drastic the change in weather can happen anytime so it, you can start the day with a sunny uh, sort of a weather and then even then you will have to sort of wear a jumper or a sweater and anything mm-hmm. like that because by so, evening it might be raining and it might be windy like do do the people have allergies due to this uh yeah they do um so there are some people that have a lot of allergies i'm not really sure about what what they call them but there are some flu shots that obviously they get on a year round basis uh but Mm-hmm. me personally actually do enjoy this sort of weather coming from delhi and sort of used yeah. to this as well uh 100% so, yeah so i actually exactly. like the cold weather i can't stand the heat i actually love the cold weather very much and it's good as well because australia is known for its beaches so i was reading somewhere and it said that if you were to sort of go to every beach in australia it would take you 27 years to go through all of them that's oh. how many beaches, beaches there are hmm, in hmm. australia so oh, uh, that's something to sort of ponder and if you're ever looking to come to australia for a visit um, i would say you should give at least 2 to 3 months because it's 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 something it's it's a different it's a different country it's a different continent over here of course so how did you manage your finances initially in short I still remember the day when I came or left India. I had six thousand dollars that I took from my dad, and that's all I had. Uh, I mean, you can argue six thousand dollars is a lot, but but still, 
um and i had my family to support that's where i was living for the first one one and a half months so did not have to pay a single cent uh when i came to australia for that period but i have talked to i have, because i have had uh, friends who had no one in australia and obviously it was a bit harder for them so i would say if you are able to find work within the first couple of months then your expenses should take care of themselves but if it comes to a stage where you're sort of looking for jobs even after the first 3 or 4 months then i would say things can sort of start getting a bit out of hand and that's where you sort of have to get some money or help from your parents i believe because mm-hmm. australia as a place as a country is really really expensive if you're not working or if you're not able to sort of uh, get a job within that time frame because obviously if you if you're coming um and studying the study cost and the living cost are really expensive so you have to take care of your expenses on your own so but i have seen people getting a job within the first 2 3 months uh so that's not a big issue because majority of the people do get it and- okay so where was your first job like how was the work life balance and um how would you tell people like how to differentiate between whether to go for a for a masters degree or an mba degree like masters in management which people call mim um what are your mm. th- thoughts on it which one to go for okay so the first time i actually heard about mim was uh mm-hmm. when i went to idp now the thing is that i had two options and two options only and i immediately decided that i wanted to go to australia but the other options was was the us and that is again because i had my other uncle living over there so my mom mom said that okay these are the only two places that you've got to decide which one you wanted to go mim is a course normally not offered in australia uh, because there are some mba courses that do not require a experience a work experience mim is normally most or more prevalent in canada and america and the uk um, for people who do not have experience within that field and they want to get into um, into a role uh, or into the studies of whatever field they want to study in mm-hmm. uh, so for me it was clear that i wanted to do an mba uh, but if you have to go through if you if you don't have the work experience and if you can't go through the the really really good universities and mim may be an option for you uh in terms of my sorry can you just tell me the first part of it again the first job your first job the first job okay so when actually my first job was in india after completing my masters degree so what happened was after i completed my post graduation in 2016 that was the time that i had actually applied for my permanent residency but i hadn't got it yet so because i hadn't got it i could not apply in a bank in australia um so i had to come back to india and when i came back to india i actually worked in hdfc bank in delhi that was for a period of one year um uh, within that time frame i did get a permanent residency in australia and after one and a half years i decided to sort of go back to australia but my experience with hdfc was really really good because i was not working in the retail branch a retail branch people like their life is 
really hectic uh, mm-hmm. they have to work long number of hours i was actually working in foreign exchange um, mm. so i was working as a manager in retail forex uh, which was really good it was i was involved in imports and exports of transfer of goods uh, along the sea so there was lots of rules and regulations that we had to go through and sort of talk to customers and manage a portfolio around that uh and it was because i was wasn't working for a branch i could really sort of work my normal 9 to 5 job which in india to be honest let's be uh let's be honest it's it's really hard to sort of get a 9 to 5 job being your first job so mm. it was really really good in that sense and once i had my one one year of experience i took that experience with me and i was like okay now seems to be a good idea to sort of go back to the banking world in australia and that's how i got into banking when i sort of come came back to australia and my first job in australia on a full time basis was with national australia bank which i'm still here at the moment but it was in sydney i was i was offered a role in sydney but during covid in the last year i decided to take a transfer move back to melbourne to live with my family and friends okay what a great experience <laughs> wow that's nice that is a picture perfect story but yeah okay. exactly so uh, again uh, when can one apply for pr like after finishing the degree or while you are doing the degree uh so there's no rules around pr right so you have to go through you have to make a certain number of points to you have to yeah you have to get a certain number of points to actually apply for the pr so during my time you had to get through 60 points at a minimum to apply for a pr now it's gone up to around 90 to 95 at a minimum to have a chance of even applying for a pr now how will you get those 90 points so there's a checklist of items that you have if you want i can sort of send you the list it's on the website every website has it it's got a checklist of how many points you can sort of get so you decide if you are reaching the 90 to 95 points if you are then you can sort of apply for that and get a pr within one one and a half years if not then you'll have to work and get some more points and once you reach that then you can sort of get it there but uh getting points within india it's hard so you'll have to come to australia and do some do something like either study or work mm-hmm. and there are different sort of rules working in regional australia so regional australia is anything apart from brisbane melbourne and sydney work in or work and live in any any other place apart from these three big cities and you can get additional points uh to get okay. your pr look for a job or something like that but even if you do not get uh a role what i've seen people do is enroll in a like a short term diploma or something like that they obviously they'll have to pay another 8 to 10000 but mm-hmm. at least they get another one one and a half two years to sort of look for a role uh, and there are plenty of people who i've seen who just don't want to leave australia because they love it so much so even if they're not getting a job they will do their own part time jobs or something like that which can cover for their um diploma courses or anything like that and they will continue to live and work over okay. here obviously it's not a best case scenario but that's an option as well all right all right okay so um can you tell us about the job market like what jobs are in in demand uh, even after the pandemic 
and uh, the job prospects and which ones pay you the best basically uh, yeah so the job market is really good at the moment now the thing is uh, it would be hard for you to sort of comprehend this but india has a population of 1.3 billion people australia has a population of 25 million that's it now with the international borders being closed australia is finding it really really hard to sort of find workers for the roles mm. that they have <laughs> so there there's lots of jobs in the market but very few people no to people. fill them mm-hmm. so it's it's uh, it's really good in terms of the job market at the moment so the unemployment rate uh, you won't believe it is actually lower than the pre pandemic times so <laughs> and yeah, it's amazing for australia yeah for australia yeah, sorry sorry for sorry. australia it's- Yeah. It's yeah. the pandemic is not amazing for anybody. Just say that out in the podcast. Sorry but, to the listeners. Sorry, but actually they did, uh, you know, act really uh, fast. It, it was an early action, and it was a good governance actually. So yeah, go ahead and. I don't. Yeah. So yeah, it's really it's really good how the government has sort of managed the pandemic and all that stuff, and with the economic stimulus that they have provided to the economy, it's sort of really bolstered the the economic uh, scenario of the country. In terms of the jobs that you're talking about, um, so Australia they are not that technologically savvy at the moment, and India obviously is one of the most tech savvy mm-hmm. countries in the world. so i would say data scientist or a data analyst role is something that australia would eternally sort of look for to sort of get filled from the outside so a migration in those sort of roles i can see in the future taking place a lot uh financial crime as an industry has sort of really evolved as well uh, because of sort of counter terrorist financing and money laundering activities mm. that are happening in terms um of the banking institutions and stuff so that's something that is that i have kept my eyes on uh for the future uh, apart from that cyber security is really big with the online threats and cyber threats that are happening with the russians and the chinese sort of hacking every other day mm-hmm. uh consulting as an industry is really evolving as well i've read recently sort of heard this news that price for a house group or a pwc sort of planning to hire 350000 people within australia as consultants so that's good uh, apart from that australia is really big in in its mining um, and commodity mm. sector so that's something as well to sort of look as a potential option and apart from that because of the pandemic there are lots of roles that you have to fill for the doctors and the nurses and and mm-hmm. all sort of medical staff so that's that's going to be really really big for the next at least 5 to 10 years if not more what about the wine industry in australia so australian wine is considered to be the best in the world australian wine mm-hmm. and the new zealand wine is considered to be the best so i have gone to a lot of wineries and breweries and sort of have had an mm. understanding of how it works because it really amazes me as to how motivated and passionate people are to sort of describe their wines in the wineries mm-hmm. so uh yeah so you're right so um, the trade war with china is real um it's the relationship is at an all time low um and china has sort of imposed tariffs 
and quotas mm. on the number of wines it imports from australia now that has sort of given australian exporters wine exporters a real headache because china is their mm. biggest export market um after that they have a bigger market in in the us and the uk uh, but it's nowhere near to uh, the consumption that the chinese people uh, have uh, um, so it's it's really concerned them but obviously to counter that they are sort of going into other markets uh, so i've recently mm. heard that they're planning to have a trade deal with ireland uh, and other countries where wine australian wine is considered really really good and top quality so they are making some packs mm. apart from having or just relying on china so how is the return on investment um, okay so in terms of the salary i'll tell you the average australian salary uh, average australian salary is around 80000 australian dollars right so mm-hmm. and if you were to do a masters degree in australia that's one of course it depends on what sort of course you do obviously but if you're doing a mba something like that from a reputed university it might take you 2 to 3 years in terms of covering the cost of your education so that's going to be your roi uh now a two year mba course might cost to somewhere in the ballpark figure of 100 to 150000 aussie dollars um so yeah it's going to take around 2 to 3 years to sort of because you'll have other expenses to sort of cover as well so 2 to 3 years or 2 to 4 years to sort of cover your your um fees uh or the loan that you have to pay back but it's not that excessive if you if you're just being uh honest to yourself if you do not not overspend or anything like that then that should be fine uh i mean it's it's a personal finance question to be honest uh, and def- depends on what other people like every person is different so it's very personal to different individuals mm-hmm. but if we uh, speak about you, i mean like you yeah you saved on accommodation also right many well uh, just for the first couple of months now i'm living not living with them anymore so i'm just renting a place with with a couple of my housemates so we're just okay. sharing an apartment yeah okay 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 so uh, uh if if you could give us a ratio of how much do you spend per month and how much do you save if you give the uh, just a ratio figure okay i'll i'll tell you if i'm if i'm getting 100 as a paycheck right i'll mm-hmm. i'll save around 45 to 50 so that's 45 to 50% i can save mm-hmm. 20 to 25% i can invest and around 30% i can spend now the 30% includes my rent mm-hmm. 30% includes my food my my living expenses my weekend outings everything like that so around 30% i can spend 70% i can save out of which 50 i normally save 20 i invest okay that's great great okay so tell us about um aussies like how are they and how often do you find indians over there like generally talking about diversity that you might have noticed over the years uh so the, the indian diaspora is obviously increasing um uh, as the years sort of go on uh there are around a million people in australia now which are of indian descent um but that figure may have changed because i was reading the news and it was 2019 i believe 
I don't think it would have changed that much because there hasn't been that much migration after that. But mm-hmm. yeah, the Indian and the Chinese population is something that is the biggest in Australia. Uh, the the good thing with that is obviously you have a lot of people of your own sort of culture background that you can sort of rely on and sort of make connections with as well. Uh, I'm not saying that I was obviously people are not good or anything like that, but um, when it comes to your own personal stuff. you obviously can rely more on your own sort of people and friends more than them so the, okay so australian english is a really really lazy language hmm, okay so hmm, they want to hmm. they don't want to say any word fully okay so afternoon <laughs> afternoon is avo a r b o r o mcdonald's is macas okay breakfast is brekkie uh kangaroos ko wo roos kehte hain sirf kanga hata dete hain ठीक है अ पेट्रोल स्टेशन इज जस्ट अ सर्वो एस ई आर वी ओ सर्वो अभी तो यही याद आ रहे ग्रेट 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 थैंक्स थैंक्स सो मच ओके ओके एंड डू यू डू एनी साइड हसल साइड हसल्स और एनी हॉबीज और एनीथिंग या दैट यू डू या या सो in terms of side hustle so i am working as a tax consultant at the moment so in australia the tax time is from july to june now it may may sound really boring because tax is boring <laughs> but um, you can't avoid taxes it's right? essential so everyone yeah. has to sort of file their taxes so i normally so i work as a tax consultant helping people file their tax returns within australia um so that's one thing the other thing is right i write blogs on personal finance so i write it on medium.com which uh which is a website which was originally founded by the founder of twitter as well so hmm. he founded twitter and medium medium so yeah I, yeah so i write blogs for that that's a, that's a very uh, big medium is a very big platform actually it's like it's it's big yeah, actually it, it, it's it's got a mass following in america it's not so common in any India, other country but yeah in america yeah. it's huge yeah so i write basically as so i give examples uh, which are sort of american centric in that way uh... <laughs> but yeah i write uh, personal blogs on on medium and then yeah i just want to just want to keep myself fit so i go for a run uh, three to four times a week and then i play badminton during the weekends so yeah that's that's what i do hiking running uh, camping these are really really big in australia uh but i normally do them once or twice a month not more than that okay okay so lastly we know that we all can be late bloomers uh sometime in our lives so did you have any other plans after completing your undergraduation like how much did you deviate from them to ultimately find your calling like when did you decide that uh, you know you're into finance and all so please let us know because we want all of us to know that it is okay being a late bloomer uh because it's you know better late than never uh so yeah uh yeah sure so you're absolutely right everyone's journey is different uh and it's really dependent on how you go ahead with your journey because it's you it's a very independent journey on what you want to achieve in life for yourself so no obviously no one expects you to know what you're going to do after your school days uh so my suggestion would just be to take a break from 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 this rat race to be honest 
don't put unnecessary pressure on your brain enjoy your life you've only got one so make the most of it uh take experiences because experiences are how we learn and grow in life um uh, find your interests learn about different industries expand your horizons um do things um and only once you do things will you sort of realize whether you like it or not um yeah being a late bloomer is okay i mean not everyone knows what they want to achieve or become in life in fact majority of the people don't even have any idea on what they're doing at that moment of time so uh exactly yeah in life just just keep marching forwards there'll always be roadblocks along the way but the only way to sort of move forward is to just put them or kick them on the side find solutions and just yeah just move forward and um that would be my recommendation on this yeah just, <laughs> just go ahead that's amazing like thank you thank you so much for it and thank you so much for sparing time for this session and it was very informative and amazing and i hope uh, our listeners could uh, take something out of it anybody who wants to study abroad and all it was really informative so thanks thanks so much anshu thanks for it not thank a problem thank you for having me it was really good Hey so guys I hope you had a clear view of what studying abroad would look like and obviously I know it has been a tough deal for everyone out there but we just need to understand that this is universal and temporary most of all and keeping a solution mindset and what next mindset uh, will help a great deal with it more like instead of asking yourself why is this happening to me ask yourself what is this teaching me and um ask yourself questions like what now or what next and what can we do or i do to be busy and make my day worthwhile and most surely as anshul said that um, keep marching forward and things will fall in place yeah so stay tuned for other episodes only on empowerx